0: Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with Femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto. Before we get started, I'm really excited to announce a webinar that Femtech Focus is putting on in collaboration with the Guild on August 27th, and it's going to be on the topic of the Femtech landscape. What is being worked on and what still needs innovating? If you want to check out this webinar, Follow our social to learn more at Femtech Focus. All right, so in today's episode, I interviewed Dirty Lola. Yep, that's her name, Dirty Lola. <laughs> She's the founder of Sex Ed Agogo. Today, we are speaking about sexual wellness, and we get really real. So mom, if you're listening, please just go ahead and skip to the next episode. <laughs> uh, sex Ed Agogo is one part sex Q&A and one part variety show. It's a live show where the audience members can submit anonymous questions for Lola to answer on stage. If that wasn't cool enough, they also throw in a go go dance break featuring some of the hottest go go and burlesque performers in New York City. It's funny, sexy, and informative. Go Dirty Lola. Uh, speaking of Dirty Lola, she is a sex educator, performer, and self-proclaimed dildo slinger. <laughs> she has spent the last six years working to end the stigma, shame, and lack of accurate and accessible sexual education available through her live sex ed Q&A variety show. I took the opportunity to ask Dirty Lola about butt play, pubes, pubic hair, and orgasms, and how all of these relate to women's health and wellness. Again, mom, if you're listening, go ahead and skip this episode. Dirty Lola, welcome to the show.
1: (laughs) how are you? Uh,
0: I'm good. I am so excited to have you on today.
1: I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I think we got connected during the uh, Women in Sex Tech event conference. I think it's how mm-hmm. we first kind of yes. got connected. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Yeah. I love that sex tech is part of uh, women's health and wellness because, you know, I can get real nerdy and data focused with, you know, breast cancer treatment and, you know, menstrual flows and all this stuff. But God, it's fun to also be in the dildo industry. You know what I mean? Like to be able to talk yes. about that, <laughs>
1: like... <laughs> heck yeah <laughs> I love that the dildo industry <laughs> well I'm I'm so
0: excited to have you and just talk about you know something fun and you know I I gave you some questions that are kind of personal and you know uh oh, the things that yeah. I think that uh that our listeners might be curious about so you're the CEO and founder of sex sex at a go right yes. and um where are you located
1: um, I'm in New York, oh. I'm in Brooklyn to be exact. Yeah. yeah, so that's where the show was born.
0: <laughs> nice, good, good. I'm from yeah. New Jersey originally. Um, okay. Currently living in Houston. Uh, my, my, you know, my LGBT friends they like to call me uh, Jersey B. They said when I get upset, they call. They say, "Oh, Jersey B's coming out." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking Jersey about. B. You know what I'm yeah. talking about. <laughs> and the jersey's with a Z, by <laughs> the you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Dirty Lilla, why don't you tell us about your background? You know, where were you, where are you from? What have you studied? What have you yeah. done? And how did you end up in Femtech?
1: So it's very, I'm one of those, um, what do you call it? School of hard knocks kind mm. of people. Um, I didn't have a formal Uh, education beyond high school but I've always been oh voracious is the word like I've always wanted to read especially about sex sex has always been something that I was curious about so it made me read about it it made me seek it out Mm. and I had some trauma in my childhood that I think I turned my hypersexuality also came with um, a hyper sense of wanting to know about What I kind of what I went through, how my body felt the way it felt, and so I gravitated to all those things. So as a small child, like I was a fan of Dr. Ruth. Um, Yeah. Talked about yeah, late night. I remember
0: (gasps) the old lady (laughs) one.
1: Yeah. That was like, oh, this lady is like saying all these words that nobody but to say, and Mm -hmm. we can't talk about. And I was one of those kids. Um, I was the kid that knew all the dirty words or would try to make other kids talk to me about them. like, well, do you know what a penis looks like? Tell me, tell me, do you, I just I like want to write it down. Tell me what you know about it. I was that kind of kid. And I grew into that friend that if you had a question about sex, mm-hmm. I had an answer. Yep. I've always been that friend, even in high school. It's like, oh wait, I read about that. Or I, Oh, this is, let's go here and figure this out. Um, and I grew up in South Carolina. So mm-hmm. I spent my first 14 years living in South Carolina. And then I moved to New York with my mom and my siblings. That's different. Um, and it's a bit, it was a big <laughs> change, but it was also, I was a weird kid. So I think I needed to move. Like I was, yeah. I was a weird kid for the South. Uh-huh, I was not uh-huh. a weird kid for New York. Oh, I no. was perfect yep. for New York. Yep.
0: Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> it fit right in. I slid right into New York, <laughs> my people. <laughs> um, and and when I was younger, I wanted to be a writer. Um, I chose my high school based on wanting to be a writer. And when I did apply for colleges, I was looking at colleges with English programs. And then life happened, and you know, a lot of stories that happen to a lot of young people is my didn't have the money. Um, I, I think my mom was banking on me getting more scholarships. I got mm. some scholarships mm-hmm. and then she had to like, let me know that she didn't have, it was like not right. happening. And because she had college debt. Cause so there was like, why did you take out loans? It's like, when you're underage, if your parents have college loans, you can't take out. That's right. You need loans. a co-signer. You can't take out a personal loan because you're underage. That's right. Yeah. That's you need right. A And she couldn't co-sign because she had her own college loans. She had just, I think maybe three years prior, gotten like her um, bachelor's degree. So, which like, yay mom, but it it messed me up. (laughs) So I just started working, kind of didn't really have like an aim, didn't really have a passion, um, was still writing and doing things. But that started to become something that I wasn't so in love with. Um, which I think happens, but it was also, I was in my twenties. So I feel like everybody has those moments where you're just like, I don't know, I'm just the float and I'm floating around. And then my late twenties. Yeah. Late twenties. Um, a friend of mine started hosting burlesque shows in New York mm. and she was like, Hey, you are loud and rambunctious. And I think you'd be great on stage. Do you want to like host some of our shows? And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I'd I'd love to do that. So I started emceeing her burlesque shows and it was amazing. Just one, all the amazing women and, and some men that I got to like see perform, but also just sitting in the back room with these amazing folks who are getting naked for money, but also, like, pursuing college education. Some of them were therapists, kindergarten teachers. Like, they had other, you know, jobs that they did in the daytime, but they loved the art of burlesque so much that they would do it. And it was, like, so taboo because they couldn't tell anybody they Mm -hmm. were, you know, doing burlesque at night. Um, So just sitting and learning from them and talking about all kinds of things. And then that got me into... Um, I was adjacent to that. I was at this point now married um and a bored, monogamous housewife, and very having the quarter life crisis of how did I get from like a slutty teenager who loved talking about sex to like this just very bored person- really unfulfilled so I did what anybody else would do I was start a twitter I started a Twitter account um, <laughs> to um to share my, mostly it started out, I was just sharing micro erotica. So I was writing out some of my sex adventures and that was all I did was I would go, it's story time. And I would tweet out a story (laughs) and, that's how I started getting a following, and also then I started participating in like Titty Tuesday and all the things. Because now it's smartphones and selfies. Yeah. Yeah. Th- at that point in Twitter, that was there was a lot of nudity. I don't know if people remember Twitter, in the, <laughs> like early two thousands. There was so much nudity. I mean, there stills a little bit, but there was so much more. Um, but that got me linked into like the kink community. I also started discovering that like, oh, I think I'm kinky and here's some things because now I had resources and Mm -hmm. saw people talking about stuff and I was like, oh, and they're like, oh, check out this blog or check out this website or, oh yeah, have you ever heard of that life and go check this out. And this was also around the time that I started exploring, well, realized that I was Mm polyamorous I had been polyamorous when I was younger and just didn't have the language for it. And I had spent a lot of time being monogamous and I was bad at it. Um, I was just like not great at it. So all of this stuff kind of happened between 28 and like 31, mm-hmm. where I had this reawakening of like that person I I used to be. And then like being that sex friend, doing these shows, like hosting these shows, learning about these new communities and becoming a part of like the sex positive community. Um, And now this Twitter account, which then led to a blog, a Tumblr where I would write my stories and blog about different things. So it all just kind of was this organic thing that happened. And Mm. suddenly I had like 17,000 followers and a friend of mine, and I hadn't really told friends yet, but I slowly started telling people or people a couple of my friends had come across me, and they're like, "Is this you?" <laughs> I was—I wasn't showing my face yeah. um, back then. And my—I remember one of my friends saying, "You need to do something with this. This yeah. is so many people. Like, you've got to do something with this." And I was like, "Well, what am I going to do?" Like, you know, I kind of shrugged it off. Um, and I—I I don't know if you know the the sex educator Ducky Doolittle.
0: Oh, Ducky, yeah,
1: yeah. Ducky is amazing. Ducky used to live in New York, and Ducky used to do Dirty Bingo Nights at this bar on the Lower East Side. So I went to Dirty Bingo one night, and it was amazing. It was just like really lovely to be in a room with all these folks. And through Ducky and some of the folks that were attending, I found out about CatalystCon, which was a sex positivity conference that used to take place both in D.C. and in L.A. It was it was a bi-coastal conference. Um, And I had missed out on the chance to go the first year but I like bookmarked it and I kept refreshing, mm-hmm. like hoping mm-hmm. that they were going, I was like, okay, when is this coming back? Cause I want to go to this thing. I want to go to this thing. Um, and I went to my first conference and my mind was blown. And I just I was like, I, I, I want to be a part of this. How do I, how do I become more of a part of this community? Like, how do I do more? Because I really, I'm kind of a part of it. And I think I, back then had a lot of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, all I do is write about my sex exploits. And I, you know, what is that? Yeah. But it really inspired me yeah. to, to do more. And, um, I had thrown a party not long after that conference and I was sitting with the friend, who I was hosting burlesque shows for and I was telling her all about the conference. And then we started talking about sex stuff and I pull out, like I used to have a trunk I would pull out and show people like, Oh yeah, wait, you got to get one of these. And like, Oh, I think you would love this. Or have you ever seen this? Or wait, I got an extra one or whatever. And we would just talk about sex stuff And she looks at me, she's like, you need to do this for other people. And I'm like, who's going to come watch me talk about sex? (laughs) Who? Nobody's (laughs) going to come watch me talk about sex on stage. And she's like, no, you need to do this for other people. So that was the seed of sex at a go-go. And it took me, I think, about two more years of going to conferences and being inspired and like, I met Francisco Ramirez who ended up being he's my co-host on Sex Props which is another project I've worked on but he inspired me to like a workshop I went to to like really dig in and form what Sex at a Go Go was. So Sex at a Go Go just came out of a lot of self-knowledge, a lot of things I was already doing and like kind of throwing together all parts of my life which is talking about sex and Burlesque and like all these things kind of mm-hmm. got thrown in the pot, and then boom, there was a show.
0: Well, <laughs> I have a lot of questions. I want to dig in on that story, but yes. first, tell our listeners today what Sex Ed a Go-Go is and does.
1: So today, the the now version of Sex Ed a Go-Go, it's a live um, sex ed Q and A and variety show. So folks come to the show, and. Um, Basically, they get to write down their questions. It's anonymous. Some people will yell things out or mm-hmm. raise their hand. People get really excited. <laughs> and, um, but they get to write other questions, whatever they want to ask us about sex, love, and relationships. It's off the cuff. We don't have any idea what we're getting asked. And it's myself, um, someone that's part of the sex, Uh, industry. So I've had porn stars and comedians and actors and educators Um, and the performer, whoever's doing the right variety show portion also answers questions because I like wanted to show people like, yes, this person might be taking their clothes off for you or doing something hypersexual for you, but also they're really smart and they're going to do some amazing things. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's, it's been about six years now that Mm. we've been doing it this this year would have been, yeah, year six. And I'm sad because everything's on pause. Yeah, and yeah. I had all these plans, but it's fine. It's fine. I can do it next year when we're back <laughs> out in the open.
0: <laughs> wow. That's amazing. You know, I think that my brand comes off as very, you know, I'm a scientist, entrepreneur, venture capitalist, but something that I'm really starting to lean into and own that I think a lot of people don't know is that my first entrepreneurial venture was I sold sex toys in college as a independent distributor for Athena's Home Novelties. Oh, I love Athena. And so I, okay. Admission on record, y'all here, listen up. I definitely had like $2,000 worth of sex toys in my college dorm room. And I specialize in fraternities, sororities and stay at home moms. And yeah. I you know, would do my studies, study in biology. And then on Friday nights, Saturday nights, I'd get dressed up, my pin skirt, looking professional, looking good. And I'd carry my little dildo bags across campus to, to the sorority house. And it was so fun. It was so fun yeah. to talk about. It's amazing! Hey, this is this fun thing. I'm going to make us comfortable. I'm going to make it fun. We're going to learn. Mm-hmm. And I would throw in the science. I talk about why is it important to clean your toys because of bacteria and like da, 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 you know right. and and so, God, I was so fun, and so you know it's it's something I haven't embraced totally not because I don't want to, but it just you know now it seems like, oh my God, it's full circle, especially right, yeah, the, the middle piece between there is Faramore. so I was founder of Feramore right. DNA based dating app. so if you ever oh. need a speaker. At one of your events about pheromones and the science of love, I have given talks about the science of love across across the world. Yeah, yeah, and so um, that's awesome. You know, I was. uh, We didn't brand it like this again. Pheromore, we branded it very data and science based. But honestly, what we were doing was matching people up for better sex based on pheromones. Yep, yep. So. I, I feel like I identify with you a lot. I like a little yeah. piece of me that I'm like, oh, you're like my myself that hasn't like come out publicly too much yet. So thank you. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, you know, so some parts of your story, we're going to dig into a little bit. So you said, you know, you had mm-hmm. imposter syndrome. You didn't, you went to this mm-hmm. conference and you were like, you know, I'm not Dr. Ruth, you know, like, who am I? Right. I did have this Twitter account. I feel like so many people, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners think, well, it's not me who's the leader. It's not me who's the founder. And so what do you have to say to people that may be feeling that, you know, where they actually are the person to do it, but they feel like they're not.
1: Right. Oh, just get out of your way. And (laughs) like, even if you, I think for me, it was. I don't, at the time, I don't, I didn't feel like I was a pioneer. I didn't feel like I was doing anything. I knew, I knew nothing like it existed because mm-hmm. I had no way, no blueprint. Like I couldn't go look and see what somebody else was doing and try to pull from it. I, I had to kind of like take from the burlesque world and how they ran things. Cause I had, you know, helped produce shows and things in the past. And then the sex ed stuff and my mm-hmm. knowledge and then, and I'd never produced a live event, so it was just a lot of like, well, how do I do this? And writing it down, and there was nothing in me that felt like, look at you, you're a pioneer. Nobody's yeah. doing this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was just I wanted my want to do something to be a part. Because when I really why I started Sex Ed Go Go was because I was going to these conferences and meeting these amazing people. And then talking about them out in the world and nobody knew who they were. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew who Ducky was. Nobody knew who Carol Queen, Carol Queen was. And, and I was just like, why the fuck don't you know these people? These are people you should know. Like what? These people are glorious. So besides the mission to like, Give people autonomy and knowledge, but all in a fun way that they don't even realize they're learning half the time because they're like, oh, I'm out for a night of entertainment. Yeah. And, oh, my God, I just learned about butt sex. But also to, like, showcase all of the amazing people I've met, all of the mm-hmm. amazing performers I've met, and kind of open up their world a little bit more to these, to these folks. Yeah. So, yeah, I just... I feel like you just have to sometimes go, well, I want to do this and if it's not great, whatever, Whatever, I'm not trying to be number one. Mm -hmm. And just remember that, like I come from a place of you have to be wanting to do because it's something you think needs to be done and you want it to be done and not from a place of I'm trying to be perfect or number one. And I think that helped me get over the voice in my head that was like, who are you? And I was like, well, it doesn't matter because even if it's two shows in the back room of a bar, I can say I did it.
0: Yes. Oh, I love that. We have an advisor at Femtech Focus and it was like four or five months ago at one point she was like, what's the strategy behind this? And I was like, well, you know, we're trying it. And she goes, are we just winging it? I said, yeah, that's what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we're just winging it. You know, (laughs) we'll figure it out. Like... (laughs)
1: That was what it was. I think I. I mean, I had a notebook, and I still have it somewhere in here. But I had a notebook, and I would just like write out plans. And I, the show has taken so many different forms. Mm-hmm. My first show it was just me. I it was very I was very classroom because uh-huh. I debuted Sex at a Go Go, so I'd have like this dry erase board on stage, uh-huh. and I was very this. And I got one question, oh. one question. And I spent an hour talking about butt stuff.
0: Yeah. So you and, needed and to make butt it fun. Stuff wasn't
1: even the, the, that wasn't even the theme of the show it was what <laughs> somebody wanted to know. And it wasn't even the, the theme of the show was something completely different. And I don't, I don't remember what it was, but I got a butt stuff question. So I spent an hour talking about <laughs> butt stuff. <laughs> That was my first show. And there were like three people there. You know
0: what? Just wing it, y'all. Just wing it. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. Figure it it out.
1: But that show, a friend who ended up helping me produce for a few years, like he was there and he was like, no, no, this was amazing. (laughs) He just kept going, this was amazing. Like that one person just going, this was fucking, you, okay. So (laughs) this is what we're going to do. I want to help you. Like that one show. And having that one per, actually, everybody who was there was like, this was great. This was yeah, great. But yeah. he was just like, no, no, dude, I love you. This was amazing. We're going to, I'm going to help. I'm going to help. Like, we're going to make this. So mm-hmm. he was actually the one who um, said that I should start having other people on stage with me because yeah. I was always talking to the performer off stage. <laughs> <laughs> we would just end up talking to each other. And he's like, just have them on stage yeah. and then have them be a part of it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> In your opinion, why is sex ed important for women's health and wellness?
1: Oh my goodness, for so many reasons. One, because we're not taught any kind of sex ed around pleasure anatomy. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the health things that we're taught are all around birth and yep. and um why am I why is the phrase the word reproduction? Reproduction. Thank you. I got you. Words girl. have been leaving me all quarantined. I got you, I dirty them, Lola, I got, but I got can't you. Say them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everything surrounding around reproductive health, and even then, mm-hmm. I feel like we only get like the pretty parts, and I will say pretty parts, but I don't like nobody ever told me about episiotomies. We don't learn about that in school. What we are learn those? How babies are made? What's an episiotomy? Yeah, like with the rip. Where you, oh, <laughs> like nobody tells you about that. Where yes. you're um. When your taint rips, yep. or they have to cut you. Yep,
0: yep, yep. I
1: that was horrifying when my first group of friends, my first crop of friends had babies. Yeah. And I remember like going to hang out and my friend's like, Will you go to the bathroom with me? And I was like, Yeah. And she's like, Here okay. She was like, I put the baby she put the baby on the floor and I'm like, She's like, This is what I do. This is how I go to the bathroom. I have to put him on the floor on like a it was like a little bassinet thing. Yeah. And then she brings out this bottle. I'm like, what is that? And she's like, oh, it's the spray for my, you know, I split. I'm like, what do you mean you split? Yeah. So we don't have those conversations. We don't talk about, we talk about STDs, but we don't really talk about how they can affect you beyond like a rash and itching and discharge. We don't talk about that it could affect your ovaries and your uterus. That's right. Um, We don't talk about vaginal tightening. We don't talk about vaginismus. We don't talk about a lot of things that affect us that don't necessarily have to do with sex or that can affect us having sex. Mm -hmm. And they don't, and I just think that we do women such a disservice, folks, females with with folks with a vagina and uterus, such a disservice because we don't teach about what the things that you could be looking for. I feel like I've had friends with fibroids that spent years in pain because they Mm -hmm. didn't know Nobody ever said, like, oh, you can get fibroids, or this is a thing that can happen. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why aren't we talking to each other? Even kegels, like, we push birth, like, reproduction so hard of, like, yes, and you want to have babies, and da-da-da-da-da, but we don't tell anyone with a vagina, like, oh, kegels could actually help you with pushing, because it helps you recognize the muscle Uh that you're going to use when you're pushing. And so if you're doing Kegel exercises, that could also help you during birth and make birth easier on you and after birth easier on you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, why wouldn't you give that information? So sex ed, I think, especially for adults is super important because there's so much lacking and we're teaching children and now
0: Yeah. What what percentage of your audience is women? And do they ask questions as much as men do?
1: I'm going to say. Get a pretty, a pretty mixed audience. And I get a lot of uh, non-binary folk, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, For women presenting and not knowing like all my, you know, I don't take uh, we're not taking statistics. (laughs) You're not counting them. Sixty (laughs) forty. Right. I'm like yeah. writing down like, okay. <laughs> what gender, gender are you? What
0: gender? Like, it's what gender demographic. Like,
1: what brought you here tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One day yeah. I just like a study. Yeah. I think we get more women presenting folks. Yeah. Um, because we, it'll be like a girl's night out. Mm-hmm. I've had bachelorette parties come through. Like they cool. were like found out about our show. And so they called and they were like, oh my God, do you have special tickets? And then we want to bring our, want to bring the bride for the show. Mm-hmm. So I've had bachelorette parties come through and yes, so many questions. Um, it's, and usually it's about, I get a lot of butt stuff questions with either people wondering like how they can do it so it doesn't hurt. And then we have to like unpack all that. Um, or, or I get a lot of health questions. Um, or is this normal? Like, are these normal things happening to me? That kind of stuff. We get that. So there are lots of questions. And I think because it's anonymous. And usually what I do is I'll go around the room while well, the performer is on and I sell raffle tickets and I pick up questions. So nobody knows what you're doing yeah. when I'm at your table. They don't know if you're paying me or whatever. And then I put the questions in my bra. So
0: yep, so they like don't part know. The, it's
1: part of the night, keep them safe. But it also was like, I fold them. So I don't even know I fold, I tell people yeah. fold them up. So I don't see what you wrote. Mm-hmm. And then I put them in my bra. So I'm not going to be able to associate you. So I don't, look at you with that special triangular
0: fold, and yeah. Right. Yeah, all of yeah. that stuff. Interesting. And some
1: people, some people don't care and they'll be like, I have a question. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> well, I
0: want to talk about, um, uh, three topics. And by the way, I'm totally yes. putting you on the spot here. Get listeners. I it. usually send my guests some prepared questions and I, then I always steer off the, off of it. So
1: go for it. I'm so ready.
0: I want, uh, so, butt butt play, pube hair, and uh, orgasm. So the first one, okay. butts, like, Buts. should, like, I, like, I just want to, I want us to think about butts in a femtech lens. So like, right. why would it be important for us to learn about anal sex? Because that's a that word. Mm-hmm. That's actually, you know, we mm-hmm. just think the same butts, but anal sex, why would it be important for a woman who is empowered and knows about her body? To know about anal sex and how would that empower her well being? In your opinion?
1: In my opinion. So I feel that all parts of your body that can give you, like, there's things that can give you pleasure, right? So I think everything is worth exploring. It doesn't mean you have to love it. And I tell people that it's like, you don't have to love something. Um, you might try it and find you hate it. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's like a kid show. And I just want to go try it. You might like it. So I have that kind of mentality. Uh-huh. Of you never know. You also might open up the portal, like some kind of pleasure portal to another world yes. mm-hmm. by trying something out because the way our bodies are shaped, like the membrane that separates the anus and the vaginal canal is really thin, thin mm-hmm. and where folks where the spot or the, um, well, let's say G spot because I can't think of a sponge name, but it where that part is in you, you can stimulate it a lot of times through anal sex. And that's mm-hmm. when um, folks with vaginas are having orgasms during anal sex, it's usually because it's rubbing against.
0: Interesting, and that the has to do with your sponge. anatomy.
1: Yes, yeah. anatomy. Also, because the internal clitoris, like all of those things, we have the legs and the bulbs mm-hmm. and where that's placed. You're also you can also stimulate that stuff through anal sex, but I and I think that if you have the knowledge of like how to get started, and you're not having that horror horror moment where somebody's like, I really want to try it and they just shove it in, yeah, and there's no lube. Also, penises aren't the first thing that go in your butt. I always tell people that I'm like. Somebody's like, well, my boyfriend wants it. I'm like, here's the thing. The penis is like the third step yeah. of on the list of things that go mm-hmm. in your butt. The mm-hmm. penis was the third. It's like the first is your fingers. The second is a toy and then it's a penis. Mm-hmm. And that's not one night. You need to like space it out and take mm-hmm. your time. And I'm like, where are you on the scale? Cause people will come in. I also, I work at a sex shop a, a couple days a week. Um, so it's like a scale of where are you? Like, have you already been doing fingers? Okay. So now it's time for a toy. Mm-hmm. I've done nothing. So here's some gloves, gloves, and here's some lube. Um, so I do think it's important because I will, from personal experience, if I have a plug in and, and I'm having sex and I have a, a a toy on my clit, it's like a whole different world. I'm having a whole different experience, <laughs> especially if it's a vibrating plug, everything is alive. Yeah. And like, that's a gift. And it's, you know, your mileage may vary. It's not for everyone, but I think it's worth exploring other ways to come. And if you have vaginismus or any kind of vaginal pain, discovering another way to kind Mm. of stimulate yourself that doesn't involve the vaginal canal, if you're experiencing pain and trying to work on that and deal with it, I think is helpful as well. So Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I think, you know, anal play for me in the context, again, the lens of femtech is like women Mm -hmm. are, you know, unfortunately don't know their bodies. And so we are literally encouraging women to even put their fingers in their own vagina to discover their cervix. And, you know, we had Maureen Brown from Mosey Baby on here and she said, you know, you let a lot of other people and things in your vagina, you deserve to put your own fingers in there, you know? Yes. And I kind of feel, like the <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way about your butt. Like if you're interested in anal play, like you need to explore your own body. It's your body, mm-hmm. you know? Um, And then also knowing the anatomy and biology of your sphincter is a muscle and it needs to be stretched out. And like right. just having this it's idea. Like yeah. Yeah. And for me, yeah. it's it's part of uh, this like horrible thing that porn has done, which is you can just throw it in there and you'll be fine. And if you right. as a normal, like not normal, you know what I mean? Like not porn star human, <laughs> you know, like, they're not right. your profession. Like you probably can't receive that immediately right like mm-hmm. but porn makes it look like that you should be and so if you can't maybe right. you're not cool enough sexy enough badass enough you know and so it's, right. it's like oh no right. no everybody, love yourself love yourself please right. <laughs> right well also
1: like remember that porn stars are like athletes like you yeah. wouldn't go outside and think you could run mm. like a hundred yard dash and, and be able to do it in a timely fashion or you yeah. wouldn't try to jump hurdles or do you gymnastics there's so many things I would not go out so I, I don't ever watch porn and think I can do that there's yeah. sometimes where I see a sex position and I'm like maybe <laughs> and I'll try it and I'm like no this <laughs> didn't work and I'm just like professional not yeah. professional. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah just respect for them respect for them the next right. question I want to ask you about is pubes right yes Um, I have a story. I would love to share it with our listeners. Love to share it with you. you. Uh, when I was 13, I, at that point had been in puberty had my period and I had pubic care and I had a cyst on my ovary and I needed surgery Mm -hmm. to get it done. And they would have needed me to not have underwear on, you know, and I needed to go to the gynecologist because I was having these pains and they had to do ultrasounds that whole time. What scared me the most wasn't. Oh my God, I have a cyst with poisonous fluid in me that could pop. Oh my God, I have to go into surgery and be put to sleep. They're going to cut me open. None of that scared me. You know what scared me? I was so afraid the doctors would laugh at me if I didn't or did not, like if I shaved my pubes, like it literally haunted me for the three weeks that I was in pain and oh, I, I no. look back at my 13 year old self and I'm like, I just want to hug you little Brit. Like no one cares. Like <laughs> nobody cares.
1: Like <laughs> nobody cares. One cares. Let alone the doctor. Yeah. The I'm doctors like, do care. But I was yeah.
0: thinking to myself like, oh my God, if I don't, maybe they're going to think it's gross. And if I do, they're going to think I'm a slut, you know? And it's like, right. oh, I look back at that. And I think, what if we had a bigger conversation around body hair and like, What's yeah. normal and what's you know fine and beautiful, and so can you tell now that I've shared my story, all the listeners know yes. I'm a regular human, went through puberty, <laughs> you know, can you talk like you do, <laughs> yeah, can you talk to us about like do you get questions about that, and you know what's your what's your take on it?
1: I think I do get questions, but it's always like sometimes it's jokes like do the curtains match the drapes or they'll Aww. say like, Oh, what, what's your preference? Cause I'm also, um, I identify as queer. So like, I've had women lovers and they'll say like, Oh, so what's your preference? And for me, it's like, I don't have a preference on people. I'm like, whatever makes you happy mm-hmm. and makes you feel sexy in your mm-hmm. body It's for you. And like, for me, I wish I could have a bush, but my, I'm, it's so patchy down there. It looks like a 13 year old boy's beard. Like it's (laughs) like not, it doesn't fill in in spaces. So I'm just like, ugh, whatever. I'm just going to like trim it down. Because I wanted I wish it was luxurious and full <laughs> I, want, I want like
0: this see big, ladies and bush. then the ladies out there with big bushes are like, oh no, why isn't mine smaller it right wasn't. yeah I'm like let's Grass is greener. So, yeah.
1: yeah, but I'm like, what makes you feel yeah. sexy? I think that's a lot of feminism and what we should be doing yes. and the male gaze and all these things and yes. I'm like, here's the thing. You can still be feminist and decide what you want to do with your pubic hair uh-huh. and decide if you want to shave your legs. And like, I like shaving my legs because I like the way they feel mm-hmm. when I shave my legs, but I don't shave my pits that often because I don't care because it doesn't, you know, it's like, those are my trade- trade-offs. Sometimes yeah. I let my bush grow out. Sometimes then like now it's summertime, so it's getting a little sweaty and it's So I like trimmed it down recently mm-hmm. and I'm like, it ebbs and flows and it's, how do you feel? Like yes, that's that. what's important. Yeah because it's not, it doesn't make you dirty. It doesn't make you clean. It doesn't make you any of those things. It's Mm -hmm. just like,
0: it's hair. Yeah. How do you feel in your body? Do you want short haircut, long haircut, braids? Right. What do you want today? Right. It's just another, (laughs) yeah. I wish that would be amazing. (laughs) Cool. Pubes. boom. And then the last thing I want to talk about the third, like big topic is, and I did kind of prep you for this one is orgasm. So yes you know, I grew up thinking that, you know, I had to have this magical G spot. And I, I remember many years in my late teens, early 20s, being like, I think I'm broken, because I've never found it, you know? And now I'm like, Oh, no, like, my body works this way. And it's beautiful and wonderful. And like, whatever. But you know, um, can we just chat about the female orgasm for a moment in terms Mm -hmm. of like, There's different ways to have it, right? And like some women have a lot, some women don't have many. Like, let's talk about orgasms.
1: Oh, orgasms! I, I wish we were taught more about our pleasure anatomy. I think that would be go a long way to if we taught about pleasure anatomy. If we took away the shame around touching your own body and exploring your Mm -hmm. own body, those are like two things that I think would go a very long way to helping women like find those parts of themselves before they're 30. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many different kinds of orgasms, right? There's like blended, there's just the G-spot. And like to talk about G-spot, I know like um, Cosmo recently wrote an article like recanting the G-spot. And like, (laughs) we we apologize for creating this and and it's not real and it's not like whatever. And I got upset because I'm like, here's the thing. Thank you for apologizing for making this whole thing about this magic button yeah and not telling the full story yeah. like thank you for that but don't say it's not real (laughs) why does it have to be black or white you know (laughs) right well one because it's an actual like it's the the um urethral sponge so it's a spongy piece of like cartilage, like tissue Mm -hmm. that rests like near your urethra which is why you feel like you have to pee when you're, when you're about mm-hmm. to squirt, cause it's, you're touching your bladder and your urethra, yep. like everything's kind of down there and there. it's, you know, you're stimulating it. And it's also filling with fluid from, from different parts of your body. Like it's a whole, the magic of bodies, but it's real. It just doesn't work for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not a doorbell to an orgasm for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like some people experience pain when they stimulate their G spots. Some people experience immense pleasure and can squirt and all those things. And some people feel nothing and it's just not a thing. It's real. It exists. It's just not a pathway to pleasure for them. And so I think I've always taught it as that way is that like, Mm -hmm. listen, it's not like, yes, if you touched it one time by accident and you were like, oh my God, I had so much pleasure and you want to explore it more. Here are the toys you might want to buy. If you're not sure, here's a cheaper toy that you can use mm-hmm. to experiment with. Please don't spend $200 yeah. on a pure wand <laughs> I'm trying to, like, just trying discovering to it. find your Yeah. spot yeah. Buy this $20, 30 toy <laughs> to try to find your spot Because if you don't, then it's like, whatever, use it for your plate, you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I just, I'm mm-hmm. like, huh, I wish we we like women felt like they had permission to experiment or Mm -hmm. just learning about like the the inner clitoris and that it's huge. Mm -hmm. And this is why we get pleasure because it's bulbs and it's straddling your vaginal opening. So that's why it feels like magic when someone first penetrates you because those bulbs and those legs are like right there. That's why when you like somebody grabs your inner thigh or if you Mm -hmm. rub your inner thighs while you're having sex or masturbating, it feels amazing. I started like rubbing my fupa, like right above my mom's and like <laughs> kind of misogyny. And yeah. that really activates things for me yeah. because we are, our bodies were built for pleasure. Like mm-hmm. the nerve endings that run from our, our clits, like run up and around and up our backs, like under our asses and up our backs. Like we are just made for pleasure, but all work in a different way. Yeah. And I think that's important to say just because you have this friend who, if the wind blows, she has an orgasm, you're not broken. <laughs> She's just real sensitive.
0: She can't ride just bicycles. Have, yeah, yeah. She's right.
1: struggling, yeah. Because I was having orgasms. I've been having orgasms since I was B. Because uh-huh. I figured out, like, oh, this feels good really early with a basketball. And it was that was a whole thing. But <laughs> childhood um, but I've been having orgasms but I wasn't having partnered orgasms yeah, yeah. until my mid late not even mid like late 20s mm-hmm. early 30s when I like discovered oh if I use a toy while we're having sex like we can both get there at the same time yeah. if I warm up and or if we have sex, I'm so aroused from sex that like I can come like two minutes after with a toy. Mm. So like if I don't reach orgasm before you do, that's fine. You just give me your fingers and let me go for it, and I'll, I'll still have an orgasm. It just won't be in tandem, which is such a thing. That's such a hard thing to like, orchestrate. Oh, um, my God. And I think it's important to like, it, it took me a long time to learn that that was okay. That yes. This was just, how I come. And for the longest time I was like, Oh, this is how I come. I don't really come through penetration. This is just not me. And that's fine. And I'm not sad about it. Mm -hmm. This is what I need. And I met a new partner and, and we just started having sex for really long amounts of times. And I realized like, I'm having internal orgasms. I'm like convulsing and I can't stop. Like I physically can't stop rolling my eyes and twitching my back and I'm like full body spasming. And I'm like, I think, is this a orgasm? Cause I had never had one Different and I never yeah. felt what that felt like. Mm-hmm. So then I learned something new about my body. Cause a new person mm-hmm. who like took a little more time with me than mm-hmm. other folks in the past. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, so even the stuff, that you've come to accept about your body and you're like, this is how I am. And it's not fine. I love myself. Mm-hmm. You might be like, Oh my God. Well, that's not true because over here now I can do this. Yeah. I, I learned to do this. And it's like an ever evolving thing, which is beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like pe- there was a lot of backlash about the whole G spot and squirting movement. Mm-hmm. People are like, well, why do you need to like, why are we? And it's like, well, here's the thing. Why, why are we so against I'm I'm so here to tell everybody, you don't have to do a thing. This is not, you're not broken if you're not squirting or whatever. But what if there's somebody who's just like, I would really love to like try it. Or Mm -hmm. I really want to like, yes, I'd love to soak my bed or I want to do this. Why are we against people finding pleasure in that way? Like, I think there has to be a balance. So I'm all for people who are trying to figure out like, well, how do I have a blended orgasm? Where is that coming from? Or like, oh, Um, I want to try to have an orgasm this way or I want to like look into tantric sex because I'm interested in like what I'm hearing about that. It's just Mm -hmm. as long as you know that your mileage may vary, I don't I don't think there's a problem in like pursuing things in a certain way. But I think the whole point is to pursue it like. Do more than just laying down on the bed and touching yourself. Like use a plug, use some dildos, use all a plug and a dildo and a Hitachi all at the same time and like be your own best lover and blow your mind or, you know, try BDSM and see what happens. There are people who have orgasms and are not even being penetrated because they're mine. So I just think Mm -hmm. that if we're open, Mm -hmm. which I just, I don't think we give women enough permission to be open. Yeah. And then when we do give them permission, it almost sometimes I feel like it's like we're giving you permission but also if you don't do this, like <laughs> yeah,
0: we're giving you permission but it needs to look and act just like this.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. Like you, know, you need to but uh, you know. <laughs>
0: I also am, you know, have, you know, recently I was in a virtual design sprint where we were it was about sexual health and we were talking about Like, is pleasure always having to be an orgasm or, you know, is pleasure senses, you know, is it smell? Is it the lighting? Is it the music? Is it, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. instead of making it and I am totally, you know, trying to break free of this, you know, public trend here that orgasm is the epitome. It's the goal. It's the only purpose. To the point Mm -hmm. where, I mean, the statistics are pretty high for how often women are faking orgasms. And like, if doing that and pleasures you, whatever, keep going, girl. But like, if we're doing it because we think, oh, this is how it's supposed to look and act, you know, like, gosh, I just want us to, I feel like the orgasm is just held so high. It's up on Mm -hmm. this torch, you know, and we're all just like, that's the thing we got to get. And it's like, maybe just the inner thigh massage feels good enough and it doesn't need to come to. Too calming, you know. Or just <laughs> you know? Yeah, or
1: just I've had sex with my partner and huh, he's so far away right now, but I've had sex <laughs> with my partner and I've just been so satisfied that I'm just fine. You know, it mm-hmm. it'll just we don't get we are in a long distance relationship and we don't get to see each other that often right now. Well at all right now yeah. before it was, you know, maybe every other month. And so sometimes he would say, like, oh, did you come? And I'm like, I don't need to. Like, I'm just, we've had sex like three times in the last like five hours. I had an orgasm, maybe that first one. These were just, this was lovely. And I've been, or it's like also that my body orgasms do not feel at all like my clit orgasms. So they're mm-hmm. more, mm-hmm. Um, it feels like, you know, that when you're on a roller coaster and you're kind of that dip. He, and oh, like, you just kind of lose all control. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just don't feel like you have your senses. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. So it's not I'm not getting that explosiveness, mm-hmm. but I'm getting like almost this fulfill this fulfillment mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. or just being with him. So I feel like that's a real thing. And also because I'm kinky when I do kink stuff. The serotonin levels in my body, the, the things that are, the you know, released because I'm going through whatever motions
0: mm-hmm.
1: are such a thing that I, I get sex brain and I like, after it, I'm like, oh, just cover me up with a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> cuddle me. There's so and much and biology
0: not, in sex. So yeah. much. So much.
1: So there's pleasure in places. And I think that's letting... Realizing it's okay to not mm-hmm. always want sex, sex, but like, yes, a, a great shower with some really lovely soap mm. and an amazing candle, some music, a massage. Yep, yep. Like, all of that can feel just as wonderful and fulfilling as yes. an orgasm yes. for some people. So, yeah. uh
0: Dirty Lilla, I don't know if you noticed, but we didn't even get through half my questions. So, I know. Um, we've been
1: talking about <laughs>
0: so That just means we got to come back on. That's all that means. This is so fun. I feel like I know you. So this is awesome. I want to do ask you two quick questions, though. Our listeners love to have. Um, We have a lot of aspiring founders on our as subscribers around the world. And what are areas in women's health and wellness? And if you want to do specifically in sexual health, that's awesome. But Mm -hmm. what are areas in women's health and wellness that still need innovating?
1: Ooh, what's still innovating. I think we need, there needs to be better ways to connect. Like, I feel like social media is great, mm-hmm. but I think it's hard to build community sometimes on those things. And I, I would love to see more platforms around different things, whether it be social justice or, or health and wellness or like mom groups, things that, but don't become like toxic cesspools of misinformation and people bullying, which tends to happen on these things. Mm -hmm. But there needs to be, something has to happen where we can be connected in these communal ways that doesn't mean we have to be a part of like a Facebook or on Twitter Mm -hmm. or something Um, because people need that. People, especially like post birth. I, my friend struggled to find a mom group that Mm -hmm. felt good to her because she's really into social justice and she's really into, you know, she works at Athena's and she's like, you know, all these things, sex positive. And so she goes into these mommy groups and there's Mm. not, there's a lot of lacking in sex positivity and all these things. And so she's like, how do I find my people? Mm. And so I think if there's a way to innovate around finding your people Mm -hmm. and connection and, and helping people connect more in real life, Um, beyond like, I think people are trying, but everything keeps getting turned into a dating app. Yeah, But I think, I think as adults, we we live in an age where it's become really hard to like make friends where you live. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends, but a lot of people are all over the country. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of the people that I realized recently, I'm like, I still have friends here, but the people that I used to like really do things with and hang out with and You know, make art with and Mm. who would go with me to like the sex museum or when a new, like, oh, I'm going to go buy some books about things, do things for work, would go with me. They all moved away because, you know, people's lives. And I've just, I've also struggled to find community. So I, having a way to do that, Mm -hmm. because that mental health for women and finding people who are into the same things, are you also resources? And if it's coming from a place that can be moderated better than, just some random person mm-hmm. in their living room yeah. on Facebook. I love it. I think it. that that yeah, um, and I'd love to see some more innovation around things for couples that aren't just around sex. Mm. I don't think we do enough for couples to talk about like quality time and and mental health and relationship things. I think mm. there's a ton of stuff out there about. Having better sex, and we have all these mm. amazing sex toys that can work from anywhere in the world yep, and do yep, all these yep. things. And those are that is a part that I think we've got, we've got <laughs> Like it's been it, it's still being innovated. Mm-hmm. People are doing the work, but I would love to see some things for all types of couples too, not just hetero presenting couples, but all different types of couples and how people relate to one another mm-hmm. and how like our different love talking about love languages and or mm-hmm. also just the differences in cultures and how that can create divides and how you yes. communicate. Like I would love more of that because I feel like there needs to be something before that step to therapy because not everybody mm. makes it to therapy yeah. and some people are very averse, but I feel like if we can give people more of a toolkit for those things, the magic and not, and it's not to say therapy isn't a thing. It's just that yep. there's so many people that are just, they'd rather break up than go to therapy. That's, so, what yeah. if there was more out there for folks to have so they could learn about this stuff? Because it, it gets
0: overwhelming. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, if listeners have come this far into this episode, I also have a request in terms of innovation I think that needs to happen. So, I identify as pansexual and I at one time was buying a strap on. I'm being real Mm -hmm. fucking vulnerable on this episode today, y'all. All All my interns are going to be listening to this like, oh my God, this is our boss? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) But what I was appalled by, I was appalled by was that I was shopping for the strap-on and I saw that it didn't, would not, if I was wearing it, it would not please me, it would only please her. And I was Mm -hmm. like... Wait, but where's the thing for me? And the sex toy yeah. shop owner said, "Oh, pe- you know, pegging or strap-on. It's a selfless act." And I was like,
1: "Well, that's yeah. bullshit." I, they you do know. make some toys, though. They do. There are toys that <laughs> I, I could tell you about when we're done. But there are <laughs> toys. There are. So, there's. There's a. There's a couple. A couple, there though. Be more. A couple, though. Right. right? And so I'm thinking about
0: you know two ladies. You know, like toys that are for two ladies that aren't necessarily. Just about the D, you know what I mean? Right. And yeah. I think there could be innovating there. So please yeah. innovate. There y'all. needs to be more.
1: Yeah. There's like one style. Yes. Like there's
0: only one. Th- three yep.
1: companies. Yes. Yeah. There's one style that can work for both people, but there's only like three companies. That's right. It, it looks very similar. Like there's differences, yep. but there's, there hasn't been any. No, real no. There's enough. There's yeah.
0: enough dildos. Y'all make a toy for two ladies. Okay. Yes. Dual pleasure. Yes. All right. All right. Cool. I'm glad I got got my ask out there. And then the last question is: What do you think femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now to be successful?
1: Ooh, just keep make sure you're reaching out to everyone. Make sure you're like including everyone. Mm. Um, and and you know like start pulling in the youth. I like earlier than later. Mm-hmm. I think. We wait too long yeah. to start to engage young people. Like we're like, oh, we wait till they're in high school. You know, we wait until maybe they're already starting to fall away from being into things. Or they've gotten to a state where people have kept telling them no, or you can't do this, or, you know, oh, you're a girl, or you're too young, or da la la. There's so many things, especially when it comes to, like, sex. The kids, the babies know so much. I speak at high school mm-hmm. sometimes, and those kids... I'm there, but I'm there to just field their questions, but they are asking me things that are like, where that would make adults blush. Yeah, And so I think engaging youth and investing like early into programs where you're basically start training your current, like get your people, get your, the people that you want to work for your company, start digging for those people now, start creating Mm -hmm, programs mm -hmm. so that we get the come up and invest into the folks that on on the flip side of that, invest into folks like me. I don't have a college education. I'm super smart. I'm Mm self-taught. Like I did a lot of work to get where I am. um, And it's been hard. And I think a lot of times people will look at me and go, oh, but you don't have, you know, credentials. And it's like, well, we live in a world where that's not for everyone because there's a lot of barriers to getting an education and at this point I don't want to be in extreme debt to just Mm -hmm. get something to make you to make you respect me no so I think also I would love to see more people going on the merit and people's knowledge base and not the pieces of paper so give people chances to to show you what they can do and not just what a piece of paper tells you they can
0: do Wow. I really hate to uh, end this podcast. You have been so much fun. So much fun. You're definitely going to come back on. And I would love to speak at one of your night's Sometime about pheromones and the science and the biology yes. of love because it's yes. it's really fascinating to me and so I would love that yeah. yes
1: when we definitely when we come back and that's also a question at our sex shop because we sell pheromone perfumes yeah yeah so we get so many questions about pheromones like people are so <laughs> locked into wait does this mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. How, can you tell me more like what do I need to do yeah so, yep. yes that's right. that would be amazing
0: oh man so fun thank you so much Dirty Lola and I'll talk thank to you, you soon. Brittany. Thank you for listening to our interview with Dirty Lola, founder of Sex Ed a Go Go. I had such a fun time speaking with Dirty Lola about sexual wellness, and in particular, butt play, pubic hair, and orgasms. Sexual wellness is a huge component of women's health and wellness, and Femtech Focus is not shy about talking about it, because we cover all of the realms of health and wellness for women. Since this episode, something happened that I want to talk to the listeners about here, I was at my local grocery store and I noticed something. Um, When I passed like the pharmacy section, all of the condoms and lubes were locked up in that like glass case where like cigarettes would be, or, you know, like the medicine that people make meth out of whatever. Right. So like, why the heck were the condoms in there? Why were the lubes locked in there? And I actually touched the door and sure enough, like it was locked. And so if I was to want to buy condoms, I would have to hope that the pharmacy was open and then ask a pharmacist to come out and unlock it for me to get condoms or lube. Now, the only thing I can imagine is that maybe there was like this high rate of theft, but people kept stealing condoms. But I don't think that this is like the solution. It just screams inaccessibility. So um, listeners, check out your store. Tell me what's up. Like, is, are your condoms locked up? Are they accessible? What do you think about this being locked up? Is is that a big issue? I think it is. I think it's a huge issue. It's hard enough to, you know, get people to be comfortable buying these things. It's it's way harder to ask them to unlock it. Crazy. All right. So, quick rundown before we go about new uh, femtech news and updates. Again, Femtech Focus is hosting a webinar on August 27th in collaboration with the Guild on the Femtech landscape. What's being worked on? What still needs innovating? Find out more about this. You got to just follow our social at Femtech Focus. The second event I want to tell you about is happening this Thursday. Untitled Kingdom is doing live interviews on the state of Femtech every Thursday for August and September. And this week's topic is sex tech. Is it entertainment or health? Super relevant after having listened to this episode, obviously. Uh, and the last one is the Women's Health Innovation Summit starting on September 14th. Get your 10% off your registration with promo code FOCUS10. That's FOCUS10. And uh, you can get your tickets at womenshealthinnovationusa.com. All right, y'all. This has been super, super fun. I hope you don't think of me any different. I hope you you feel closer to me <laughs> after revealing all this stuff. <laughs> um you know submit you know uh questions comments concerns tell us what do you think about the show support us by subscribing rating reviewing and follow us on social we're on all the things at femtech focus and until next time keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness